I was gone for a few months on sabbatical, and I'm, I'm thankful and glad to be back with, uh, with you all. Uh, and I'll be preaching today, and then uh, just, uh, just so you know, so you don't feel tricked or something, I'll be preaching today, and then I will be um, not preaching for the next handful of weeks, the next few weeks, and then we'll be preaching again in September. But I will be here the whole time, and I'll be doing the pastor's lunch next week, which if you're new, I'd love to see you at, meet you at. Uh, but my sabbatical coach just said, hey, just take things slow. I'm supposed to just kind of ease my way back into it versus going 90 miles an hour right away. I'll do 90 in September. So um, it's good to be here, though. Good to be with you. And uh, we're going to look at, really, I mean, this is, I, I could have just kind of picked this as a, as a verse to, to preach on, but it really is even just something that I feel uh, during my time on sabbatical that God really spoke to my heart and that I would love to, to share with you. And uh, so I'm going to pray, and then we will we'll jump into this together today. So, Father, I ask right now that, that you would be uh, present here. I know you are here, but we ask just even more so, increase your presence, your felt presence. Allow us to hear your voice. Open our hearts, and open our eyes to see what you want us to see, to feel what you want us to feel, to know what you want us to know. You're a good God, Jesus, and we ask you to even now speak through your word to us, your people. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So in, in our life, we, we expect to build. We expect progress. We expect to learn things and then build on those things. You expect to grow in some ways, hopefully, and mature in some ways, and then build on those things, to keep going. We don't expect, it happens, but we don't expect or want to kind of learn a little bit of stuff and then forget it and have to start over again, to mature a little bit and then all of a sudden be, you know, immature again, to, to grow in some ways in your relationships and then be back at the beginning again. That's not what we expect. That's not what we want, right? We expect to build, to make progress, to increase, to, to grow and mature. That's what we expect. That's what we desire. That's what we want to do in, in all sorts of different ways. We want that just personally, right? You want to grow in your emotional kind of stability and your own confidence and your of way of just handling uh, hard things that happen in life and your own self-image, whatever it is, in just yourself, you want to progress and mature and, and be able to increase in, in life. And, and we want that in our relationships too. You, you start off, you have a child, and you want to grow as a better father, as a better mother. You get married, you want your love to grow, you want, you want your friendships to grow. We don't want things to just kind of stay the same and always be exactly where they are relationally or with ourselves or even in faith, right? I mean, one of the main reasons that people say they come to church or that they look for church just statistically out there is they say, I want to grow closer to God. That's language to say, and I mean, most people don't say, yeah, I'm coming to church because I want to stay the same. I just love where I'm at, and I never want to move from that place. Most people say, I want to increase. I want to grow. I want to mature. I want, I want my faith to be stronger than it used to be and better than it used to be. I want to be closer to God, to people. I, I want to experience progress. But the hard part of life, the hard part of life is sustaining. The hard part of life is not necessarily starting something, it is sustaining something. And this is true with all sorts of things. Even if you just think about little things in your life, many of us set New Year's goals, right? And, and I'm sorry to now make you remember that. You're like, oh crap, you know, I haven't even thought about that. Dang it. 
And we set these goals, right? And it's easy to set a goal. It's easy to set a goal, but it's hard to sustain that, right? And it's easy to start a project. I know for me, I'm like, okay, I want to organize all my documents. I want to organize every photo I have online because some are in Google Drive and some are in Dropbox and some are on iCloud and some are on like AOL. I don't like, I want to organize everything one spot and started doing that. And then like, oh, this is too much. You know, like it's, it's hard to sustain even the little things, but even more so the big things. I mean, listen, it's, and, and don't be offended, single people, but it's easy to get married. Like, no, it is not. And I, I know, that's not, that's not what I mean. But I'm just, it's easy to put a date on the calendar and pick out the dress. And if you're wedding planning, you're like, this guy has no clue what he's talking about. Okay, but once you get married, it's easy that you're married. What's hard? What's hard is marriage. What's hard is sustaining marriage. And that's nothing against my wife. You're like, I mean, it's just marriage is what's hard. Sustaining marriage. It's easy Moms, don't hate me. It's easy to have a baby. But come on, it's hard to parent, right? Like, that's what's hard. I know it's hard. I mean, I know the labor room and the screaming and the crying and the bleeding. I know, okay? But, but, it's, but what's really hard is parenting. That's what's hard. It's sustaining. Look, it's easy to get a job. It's easy to get a job in some ways. I know, I'm not trying to be insensitive if you've been looking for work, but it's easy to get a job. What's hard is working that job. For one year, two years, three years, four years, right? You show up on your first day, and there's balloons, and there's cake, and, and everyone's like, hey, welcome to the office. And then, and then it goes on and on and on. That's what's hard, right? The, and it's true with faith. It's easy to become a Christian. And, I, and again, I'm not trying to, like, overstate the, how easy it is, but it's easy to become a Christian. It's easy to start. What's hard is to s- sustain that. What's hard is to maintain faith through hardship, through trials, when things around you get difficult, when not everyone agrees with you, when, when the choices and obedience get difficult. What's hard is not just starting something, but sustaining something. And that's true in the little things like Google Photos or whatever photos, and it's true in the relationships that we have, and it's true in our faith, and it's true with church, and it's true with family, and it's true with marriage and parenting and and all this stuff. But, But what if we could keep growing? What if we could keep, what what if we could know, hey, in my life, I'm not saying everything's gonna be easy, but but what if we could know in my life I am going to be able to sustain the progress I've made? the maturity that I've experienced. I'm going to be able to sustain and gain. I'm going to be able to actually sustain the things that God has done in me. And I'm going to be able to gain in the ways that that I want to keep growing in. What, What if we could actually know? That's what's going to happen. That's what my life is going to be. That's what we want, but it's it's hard. It's hard. And maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. I, one of the things I love about our church is people are all over the spectrum in this room. And, and some of you have been Christians for a long time. Maybe you've been a Christian for a, a lengthy amount of, of time and you start to feel tired in the sustaining process. You start to feel tired of obeying, serving, community, loving your neighbor. Your freaking neighbor, you know? You start to, you start, it's hard to sustain, 
You've been a Christian for a long time, and, and you started, but it's hard to sustain that stuff, and you might start to feel tired. Uh, you might start to feel uh, just kind of like, man, maybe even some cynicism of, man, this, this stuff doesn't work out anyway. I invest in relationships. They leave. I, I try, and it doesn't work. I try to change. I try to grow, and I'm the same. And Maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, and, and you just kind of feel like you've hit that wall. You feel like, man, I, I want, yeah, what you're saying, I want to sustain the things that God's done to me. I want to grow, not even just sustain, but I feel stuck. I feel stale. And there's no hope for you. So I'm going to pray. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there was no laughter. You were like, I know. <laughs> there's hope. We're going to get there, okay? Uh, and, and maybe, though, maybe you're not, maybe it's not that you've been a Christian for a long time. Maybe even, maybe that's why you left church. Maybe this is, maybe you don't even really know why you're here, you know? You've been done with church for a long time, and you're like, hey, I, I don't, maybe you drunk Googled us, and like, you woke up, and like, I guess I'm going there, or you promised your mom that you were going to come here, or something. And you're not even sure why you're actually here, but you're giving it a shot. But the reason you left church, or left faith, or kind of doing your own thing is because I did it, it got old, I got tired, I felt stuck, I felt stale. Maybe this is your last shot, I don't, I don't know. And maybe you feel great. Some of you in this room, you're like, I feel great. I'm actually at the, I'm just starting my marriage. I just had a baby. I just started my job. It's awesome, you know. Maybe not all those things it was at once, but you're like, this is great. I just moved to Denver. It's a great city. I left. I, I'm not going to say where you left, but you know where you left, and you're so happy to be here. You're just like, oh, I love Denver. This is great. And you're, but you need to know how to actually sustain it's because starting, starting's what's easy. Starting what's easy, but sustaining in our relationships, in our faith, that's the hard thing. And the natural, the natural way of things is to run out. The natural way of things is to run out of love, to run out of passion, to run out of interest, to run out of energy. That's the natural way of things. But this doesn't have to be your peak. This doesn't have to be, and whatever, wherever you, wherever you are in life, whatever you're experiencing in your relationships, community, faith, marriage, parenting, just your own kind of uh, walk with God, whatever it is, this doesn't have to be the peak. It is possible to sustain what you've experienced and to gain and to increase. That is absolutely possible. That's what God wants for you. There is more. So how do we do that? How can we actually sustain and gain in all that God has for us? And Paul wants to help us with that. Paul wants to help us with that. And in order to do that, we have to answer a few questions. One of them is, what do we need to sustain in the life that God has for us? What is it that we need? If, we, if we're going to be able to make progress, if we're going to be able to grow, if that's going to be able to happen, what do we need to sustain in the life that God has for us? And here's what Paul says. And we're just going to read kind of pieces of this. I'm not going to read the entire passage all at once, but we'll read kind of the pieces of this. And, and here's what he says. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Now this little, uh, this little part of the sentence here, for this reason, is talking about, this is chapter 3, he's talking about the stuff that he's already said. 
So he's already spent three chapters talking about what God has done in their life. And unless you want this to be a three-hour sermon, which I'm fine with, I haven't preached in three months. But unless you, I can't go back and explain all the things that have happened, but, but you can go read it. But here's, here's the summary. The first three chapters, Paul hasn't told them anything to do at all. He hasn't said, love your neighbor, or do this, or do that. No commands. He's just, the only command, he, there is one, is remember and all the stuff that he's talking about. And what he has told them is, here's what God has done in your life. Here's what God has done. He's given you grace. One of the great passages in Ephesians that many people know, either uh, maybe not actually memorized, but you've heard it, is that you are saved by grace, by faith. It, and it's not your own doing, not by works. So that's what Paul had said in Ephesians 2. He says, listen, here's what God has done in your life. He's given you grace. He's loved you. He's brought you into his family. He's forgiven you of your sins. And he spends a long time talking about the grace that God gave to us that we didn't deserve, that we didn't earn, that we didn't work for, that we did nothing. But God, in his great mercy, the immeasurable riches of his mercy, Paul talks about. He says he gave you grace. And then he talks about community that he's given them. Especially at this time, this is true for all of us just in the general community that God's given us. But he's talking to Jews and then Gentiles who are the Jews are the people that were God's family for, for the longest that God had chosen and was his kind of chosen people. And the Gentiles God brings into that family. But that's hard to bring different people groups together that have different backgrounds and different traditions and different things. But he says, here's one of the, here's one of the things that God has done. He's made you a new community. He's brought you together. He's reconciled you to himself, and he's reconciled you to one another. He's given you grace with himself, and he's given you unity, community with each other. So this is what he's been talking about. He says, here's the amazing things that God has done. Now, for this reason, for this reason, because of what God's already done in your life, because of what's already begun in your life, because of that, I kneel before the Father, which means I, I pray to God and the fam who every family in heaven on earth is named. That's just talking about that God has authority over everybody. He says, listen, what do, what do we need? Paul says, let me, let me start with this. You all, this is why this is important, is just this opening part here. Is Paul says, you already have something. You've already been given grace. You've already been given community. But there's more. There's more that you can experience. There's more life that you can have. And, and this is where this is relevant to us. Is to say, look, you, if you're a Christian, you've already experienced grace. If you're a Christian, you've already experienced something. I, I don't know the depths or the, the kind of ins and outs of it for you, but if you're a Christian, there's something about God you've already experienced, right? You go, man, I, I feel like my sins have been forgiven and I'm here, aren't I? Like, I've got a relationship with God. Maybe you feel close to God. Maybe you love God. Maybe, maybe it's been a long time, but, but you know I've already experienced something. And you've already got community in some way. Maybe, maybe even those of you that have been here for a long time, I know many of you are new and you're checking stuff out, and, and maybe you had that at some point, but you at least maybe know it's available. So yeah, I've gotten community in some way. God's, I've experienced I've experienced something with God and with other people. I have started that. I've experienced it. There's things that you know. There's things that God has taught you. Right? There's things that, you've, that God has shown you that, you that you know now. There's You've read the Bible and there's things you've grown in and you know some stuff. There's some stuff that's already happened.
Paul says, listen, you've got all this, but I know what can happen. Paul says, you've tasted this, you've started this, but I know what can happen. Paul says, I know what you have, but having, having something is not the same thing as keeping something. Having is not the same thing as lasting. He says, I know what you have, but I know what can happen. Because it gets hard. Good intentions fizzle. Passion fades. Commitment wanes. Love dims. He says, for this reason, because I know what you already have, I'm going to write you because I want you to experience more. So where do you feel this? To make this helpful for yourself, where are you feeling this right now? I know I've given a bunch of different kind of examples, whether it's marriage or community or friendships, but where are you feeling this? Where are you feeling right now? Yeah, I started, but it's hard to sustain. Where is it that you are feeling the difficulty of this? Because often when it gets hard, maybe this is where, maybe you're not sure this maybe can help you. Because often when it gets hard, what we think we need is to get it easy somehow. So it gets difficult. Sustaining life with God, life with people that he's given to us, the new community, the new faith, the new relationship, obedience with him, leaving the old life, the new way he wants relationships done, and marriage, and parenting, and work. These are all the things he talks about later in Ephesians. All of that stuff. Where is it for you? Often what happens is we go, man, I got to get, somehow this has to get easier. Or sometimes we say, man, I need to actually get something new. So some of us go, okay, what I'm in right now, this has to get easy. Others of us just want to kind of bail and go, I just need something new. And, I, you know, I don't want to hurt your feelings on moving to Denver, but, I, but I've talked to many people that moved to Denver for that very reason. Like, man, I just needed something new. Because we think, man, what I'm in right now, it's hard. It's hard to sustain. Sometimes it's hard to sustain because it's difficult. Sometimes it's hard to sustain because of just the monotony, the cruise control of life. And just going, this is hard. I just need something new. Or maybe we think we just need better abilities. Something within us. I need to read some book and improve my skills at something and work on this and change this. And then I'll be able to sustain a little bit more. But what Paul tells us is this. What we need is not just external changes. We don't need external changes of a new situation or an easier situation or even external in the sense of our abilities. Paul says we need something to happen inside of us. Here, here's the next thing he says. I pray so here, for this reason, because of what God's already given you, because of the community you already have, because of the grace you already have, I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with his power in your inner being through his spirit. And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This phrase, to be strengthened with power in your inner being. That's what he says you need. He says, listen, what is it that you need to be able to sustain life? To sustain the difficulty of life with God and life with people. You started it, but how do you sustain it? He says you need strength in your inner being. We need strength in our inner being. Now, I love this. Because you know what this means? It means that life with God, the life, all the life that God has for us is hard. 
Now, the reason I'm saying I love that is because that normalizes our experience. Sometimes we think, man, I'm doing it wrong. And maybe you are. I don't know. I mean, wisdom can make some things easier, but life with God and sustaining and everything is difficult. I mean, for Paul to say, I am on my knees asking God to strengthen you means, wait a minute, where's this coming from? You just said we have all this grace and we have this new community and it's so awesome. And now he says, you need some strength. But I thought I already had all. Yeah, but to sustain that, to live that out, it's normal to experience difficulty. I love that. I love that because life is hard. Marriage is hard. Parenting is hard. Relationships are hard. Faith is hard. Community is hard. Leaving an old way of life is hard. Obedience is hard. And he says, yeah, you need strength. Life with the life that God has for us with him, with others is hard. That's normal. It's even planned, designed. It's even designed that way by God. I Listen, I don't know how holy you think I am. I don't want life to be hard. I want an easy life, man. I don't want things to be hard in my life. I love easiness. I mean, I, I don't want anything to be hard. I get mad that I had to go drop, we, we, uh, because it's more expensive, most of the time we, well, because it's less expensive, most of the time we, if we're going to watch a movie, get it from Redbox instead of Redbox has like an online thing or obviously Apple has an online thing or Amazon, you can get it. And I had to go freaking return the red box like a block from my house. Like, I hate this. <sighs> I'm saving $2, but I hate this. Like, I want life to be easy. And that's just with red box. I mean, I, but I, I mean, I'm just saying I want life to be easy, man. I don't want life to be hard. We want, we want release. God wants, sorry to rhyme again sustain and gain, but we want release. God wants increase. See, we want to release from the difficulty. We want release from the pressure. We want release from the hardness. We want release from faith and community and obedience being hard. We want release. God wants in the inside to increase. That's what God wants to do to us, for us, in us. And the truth is, look, I'm not, the truth is, oftentimes we're stuck feeling like, like I was saying, if you feel stale or stuck or tired, oftentimes we're stuck because we want to manage where we are and we're trying so hard instead of actually saying, okay, God, you want to do something more in me. You want to strengthen me. You don't want to release me. You want to strengthen me. That's what God wants. He wants more for us than we want. He wants to actually change us. Listen, God wants to change you from the inside, Paul said. In your inner being, he says. That God wants to change your inner being. That's deep. Like, think about if you ever have said something like, I, I love you with everything inside of me. Or maybe you've said, I hate this with everything inside of me. Or, or maybe you've made like a promise or something and, and you've said, listen, from, from, from deep inside, I promise you 
Or, or maybe what's happened is that you've, you, uh, like sometimes some of you I know are recently engaged or, or maybe you're about to be recently engaged or hoping you're going to be recently engaged. And at least in romantic movies, they might say, hey, will you marry me? And the girl might say, with everything inside of me, yes. <laughs> right? Or, or maybe she says no and she says, I want to run away with everything inside of me. And usually she says that and then says, but I won't because I love you. That place, that place where you talk about with everything in me, that like deep core, I love you with everything in me, I hate with everything in me, I'm scared with everything in me, that place, God says, I want to strengthen there. I want to strengthen that place. I want in your inner being there to be strength. I want the deepest part of you to have strength. Yeah, it's hard. Life with God, life in community, not just starting something, but sustaining something is hard. And what he says is, you know what you need? You need in the very inner part of you strength from God. You need in the depths of your soul strength from God. God sees, listen, God sees where it's hard for you right now. God sees where it's difficult for you. He sees if it's hard for you to kind of leave your old life and start something new. He sees that. He sees where it's hard. He sees where marriage is hard. You say, man, it's so hard to do. He sees where parenting is hard and you go, man, I want to be better to my kids. I I don't want to be the way my parents were to me. Or or maybe it's, I want to be the way my parents were to me. He sees where that's hard. He sees where you're working your job and you're like, man, I know I'm supposed to be a light or whatever, you know, but I hate you. You know, like he sees where that's hard. He sees where stuff is hard. And what I love is that God isn't upset that you need strengthening. He doesn't look at you and say, you need to be stronger. I thought you had this. I already gave you grace. I already gave you a new community. I already did all these amazing things for you. He says, yeah, I did all that for you. And because of that, I want you to even be stronger. God sees the difficulty and says, yeah, it's normal that you need to be stronger. It's normal that you need my help to strengthen you. That is normal. I'm not upset that you're coming to me and asking me for strength. I know that you're weak. Listen, the closer that we get to our weakness, the closer we get to his strength. The closer that you feel, admit, experience, confess your weakness, the closer that you move to his strength. And only if that happens do you move closer to his strength. The more that you're trying to manage, the more that you're trying to say how strong you are, how able you are, the more you're trying to escape from the difficulty, the the, the more that you will never actually get close to his strength. He says, look, I want to strengthen you and the deepest part of you. That's what God wants. Wants to reach inside. We need that strength. And, and he, he pairs that, saying that we need to be strengthened in the inner being. He pairs that and, and really just describes it with Christ dwelling in our hearts. 
that what it means to, to have strength in our inner being is synonymous with saying that Christ is dwelling in our hearts. And the word he uses for dwells is a word that talks about moving in as opposed to renting or visiting. To move in, like, you know, you, you go on vacation, you stay at an Airbnb, and you don't bring a trailer. and You don't take out their furniture and put yours in. You, you come in, and you try to kind of be respectful, but you know you're not moving in. And there's a locked door that you're like, what's behind there? I know that's the good stuff, you know. <laughs> and you pick the lock, and you open it, and you use the stuff, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but you're like, I know that, I, you know that I don't, I don't belong here. I'm staying here, but this isn't my home. What he says is, here's what it means to be strengthened in your inner being. It's that Christ comes and dwells in your hearts. Now listen, if you're a Christian, he already dwells in your heart. He already lives there. But what he's talking about is the strengthening. He's talking about him taking up residence more, moving out more of your old nasty, you know, furniture and putting in his sanctified furniture, putting in himself there saying, I own this heart. I live here. I rule here. I lead here. He says, you need to be strengthened. Strength inside of you in the very depths, which is Jesus entering in and leading every part of your life. You not living life alone, but with him leading every part of your life. Even just think about that. You know, I could give a lot of examples, but for those of you that maybe, just because I know many of us, this is where it is, but if you think about work, what would happen if you didn't get a new job? Or maybe things didn't even actually get easier at your job. And maybe you didn't even grow in your abilities. You didn't even just increase in your abilities to do it. But what if? What if in your inner being you were strengthened? What if in your inner being it was really more true than it is now that Jesus was leading, living. You knew he was there controlling and guiding everything about work. What if that happened? See, it begins to change our experience. You get stronger. You're able to sustain more. So what, what do we need to sustain in the life that God has for us? It starts with this. It starts with knowing that without him we're helpless. It starts with knowing that without him we can't do it. Maybe even right now, you can even just say to God, God, I want that. Because that's where it starts. I don't know, again, what's hard for you, where it's difficult to sustain, but I'm telling you, the first step is to say, okay, I need you. Instead of just it getting easier, instead of just something new, instead of, instead of just me getting better, God, I need you. Maybe even you can just say those words to God right now. And I'm not saying to say it out loud, but just in your heart, if, that's, if you go, yeah, I need that. Say, God, I need you. I don't want to do it without you. That's what we need. But where do we get that strength to sustain? What does that actually mean? Like, what's the source? So we need strength in our inner being of Christ, but where's the source of that, or where do we actually get it? What is that strength? 
because a lot of times we might know that we need strength. Maybe what I'm saying, you go, okay, I agree with, and I can feel that. I can see that I need that. I need strength to, to live in community or to stay faithful or to serve or to give or to, to do my job or to love my kids or to love people that are hard to love or to, to, to live a new way of life. Or maybe you go, okay, I know I, I need that. And maybe you even ask God for strength. God, give me strength. That's a prayer that Christians pray a lot. God, give me strength or God, give me peace. But it might be, it might be because you're asking God for strength, because you're asking God for peace, that you're not actually experiencing change. And and here's what I mean. A lot of times we kind of, with the gifts of God and the blessings of God, a lot of times we kind of treat it like magic dust. So, you know, life's hard and we go, okay, God, Sprinkle your strength pixie dust on me. And then nothing happens. Okay, I need peace pixie dust. Sprinkle that on me. And nothing happens. And so we started, and we know we maybe need help, so we ask God for something, but it doesn't really change, and we don't really experience sustaining and growing and building. We actually experience frustration and confusion. And a lot of times it's because we're not actually looking to the source where we get that strength. See, you need strength. And that's what God is saying. You, if you, look, if you're going to live the life that I want for you, that I have for you, you need strength. But where do you get it? How do you get that power to keep going, to keep growing? Here, here's what Paul says next. He says, I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width height and depth of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Here's what he says that we need. Here's where he says that strength comes from. It's knowing God's love. It's knowing Christ's love. The place that you get strength from, the source of the strength comes from knowing how much God loves you. See, whatever's hard in life right now, you need strength. But you need to not just say, God, give me strength. You need to go where that strength is available. Like, if you know that you need physical strength, you don't just say, I need physical strength. And then, boom, you're strong. If that, I mean, that would be awesome. But that's not what happens. You say, I know I need physical strength. And then I go to the source of where it is steroids and then you pump up right no you, you go to the gym or you you know drink creatine or protein powder whatever I don't know I uh, clearly I don't know but but if you need spiritual strength if you need the strength that God wants for you in your life you have to go to the source you have to go to the source and and he says it's it's God's love the more loved you are or the more love that you experience yourself to be the stronger you are Look, if you had a hard day, you had a hard day and you call a friend and you call a friend that you know loves you so much, or maybe it's your mom, you know she loves you, and after that phone call, you feel a little stronger, right? You feel like, man, I can, I can go through the day now. Or maybe, I, you know, I'm, I've, um, you know, I'm, I'm, this is not embarrassing, I don't think, because I think many of you have experienced this, but I remember my wife sometimes having a hard day and calling me in the middle of the day crying and, and saying, hey, after that phone call, 
if I did it right. So I think one time this happened that it's like, hey, I, I, that's what I needed. I needed to have that phone call, and now I'm able to, I'm able to get through the day. Because the more loved you are, the stronger you are. You know this with your kids, too. I mean, you know in marriage, this is why there's whole philosophies about, like, love languages and that kind of, like, if you can love each other well, then stuff gets stronger. It's strengthened. Because the more loved that you know you are, that you experience, the stronger you're able to kind of deal with things in life. And, and that's true in little ways with kids and marriage and friends. Paul says that's what we need with God. Paul says that's what we need with God. And listen, you might know that God loves you. And that's what Paul said earlier. He said, you already have this. You already know that God loves you. You already know about his grace. You already know about community. He says, you already know that. But you might not know it enough. See, what Paul says is he wants us to know the length and width, height and depth of God's love and the love that surpasses knowledge. See, this is poetic language, just talking about everything. But we can, we can look at each of these words and, and even draw out some meaning from there. Say, man, what, what, if, what if you didn't just say, yeah, 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 I know God loves me. But what if you knew it more deeply? What if you knew it in your inner being? He says, look. Look at the length. Look at the width. Look at the height. Look at the depth. So what does it mean, the length? And God loves you. God loves you long time. <laughs> means God loves you forever. And God loves you forever. Were there moments in your life when you felt God's love? You felt like, man, he got me through that. You felt like he was there for me, but right now you don't feel that? He says, no, 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 no. God loves you forever. It is so long. It doesn't stop. Just because you're not feeling it right now, just because it's hard right now, like his love hasn't stopped. You need to know the length of God's love for you. That it does not cease. It goes forever for a lifetime. He's an eternal God and his love is eternal for you. And you need to know the width of God's love. Maybe you don't feel like the kind of person that gets God's love for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you think I'm too rich for God's love or I'm too poor for God's love or I'm too dark or I'm too light for God's love or I'm too stupid for God's love. I don't know. But the width of God's love says you are part of it. It says it's, it counts for you, not for me as the pastor, not for the person sitting next to you that you admire, not for your mom who's so spiritual, your grandma who you admire, but for you. And if you're the mom or grandma, yes, for you. He says it's for you. And the height, the height is all the good that God wants to bring into your life, the, the, how much it stretches the height of God's love. It's not just these little things down here. It goes to the sky, the things that God has in mind for you. And I'm not saying wealth and health and everything, but the things that God has in mind for you. If you could know the height of God's love, you would trust him. You would be strengthened. 
And if you could know the depths, if you could know the depths, how deep it goes. And you say, yeah, but I did this. Yeah, but I, I, but God already taught me this stuff and I walked away again, but I sinned again. I've been foolish again. I yelled at my kids again. I've been a jerk to my wife again. I've, I've lusted again. I've gossiped again. I've been stingy and greedy again. I've been faithless again. I'm coming back to church after a long time again. He says, but if you could know the depth of God's love, it's not this short little fuse. It's not this thing that says, hey, I'll do my little part, but you had better pull your weight, buddy. If you could know the depths of it, if you could know how deep it goes, meeting everything in your heart of sin, of guilt, of shame, of hurt, of how deep it goes. He says that it's, it's this endless thing. It's this love that surpasses knowledge. I love that. It surpasses knowledge, except he says he wants us to know the love that surpasses knowledge. That's impossible. How can you know something that's beyond knowledge? And the closest thing I could think about that is, is space. Astronomy in college was an 8 a.m. class, and I slept through most of it. But what I remember is that space is huge. <laughs> like, I didn't have to take a class for that. <laughs> that's what I remember, okay? That's pretty much it, as I remember that it's really big. And yet people still study it. It's beyond knowledge in some ways, right? It keeps going, and there's endless. I mean, I'm a Star Trek fan, and the, the mission in Star Trek is to explore new worlds, to go to new frontiers, to go beyond. And it's saying space doesn't stop. You never get to a place where there's a wall on space. It just And if you're an astronomer or a scientist, and you're like, actually, there is a wall on space, then I'm sorry, but... At least from our, like, telescope perspective, it keeps going. And, and people know that. They know that it keeps going, and yet they want to explore the unknowable. You see, you might know God's love, but it keeps going. And there's more of it and more of it that you haven't, that you think you discovered all of it, but there's more. And more. it's like the 100-acre forest and Winnie the Pooh. That there, it's just there's more and more adventures to see of God's love, more and more angles to see of God's love that you haven't seen yet. He says he wants us to know, to explore the depths, the unknowable. But listen to me. Because when I was studying this on sabbatical, I was kind of thinking about this, and, and then my mind turned a little bit because I, I realized it's easy to think about God's love as a thing. This thing that's uh, wide and deep and high and, and long and this, this thing that is uh, like space or like a forest that's, ex you know, you can keep exploring. But God's love is not a, a, a thing, a concept, a, an object. When Paul says that the source of your strength, the way you'll get stronger is by knowing the height and depth and width and length of God's love and, and knowing the unknowable. When he says that, he's not talking about just this object to look at. He's talking about God's affection for you. He's talking about God's goodwill 
towards you. He's saying that right now, that right now, in what's hard for you, he sees you. That right now, in this room, right now, in this room, close your eyes. Right now, in this room, God's love for you is long. It's deep. Right now, in the stuff where you go, I want to be stronger in this. This is hard. Right now, God says, I love you. It's endless. The way my affection burns for you is deep. What I want for you, the goodwill I have, it's, it's so much you can't imagine for you. You can open your eyes. It's right now. That's what God feels and wants and desires and is planning for you. See, it's not a thing. It's, Paul says, look, this is what makes you stronger. Yeah, you've got community. Yeah, you've got God's grace. But to sustain, to sustain, you need to know in your inner being the love that God has for you right now. God sees what's hard. He sees where you're tired. He sees where you're scared. He says, I want you to know in your bones the love I have for you. And the way that that comes, the way that comes is, Paul says, to comprehend it, which means to actually think about it. He doesn't just say that it's going to fall on us, but to actually, he, he wants us to be able to comprehend, which implies some thinking about it. And, and that can be helped by a sermon, but, but it's also, man, in your life, I would urge you to spend time comprehending, to be thinking about God's love for you. Look, I mean, I will give you a book or I'll send you a blog or, or you can read the Bible and go, man, I want to know. I want, but you've but you got to think about, to comprehend God's love for you. He says, this is what I want for you. And it comes through comprehending, but it also comes obviously from him starting this whole thing. He's praying that this happens. This is what I've been praying for you, true life. That's what I've been praying for myself. I mean, he, he's saying all these beautiful things that he wants to see happen, and he's saying, he's not just saying, let me teach you about it. He's saying, I pray this for you. You've got to pray this for your own heart. And look, pray this for the people that you love, that are, that are close to you, the people sitting next to you, the people that you're in community with. I mean, if, if you want them to, to be able to be stronger in what they're going through in life, don't just give them advice and tips or tell them, yeah, it's time to move on, but Pray. That God would, Paul loves this church that he's writing to. And he says, I pray that you would be strengthened. And then this is, this is the last part of what he says of, of how we get this love into us. Is He says, with all the saints. I pray that you may be able to comprehend this with all the saints. So important. This is not an individualistic thing. You want to be stronger? You want to sustain in life? You cannot do it alone. Let me go further. You cannot do it with other people next to you without them knowing that you need this. You cannot do it alone. 
he says, I want you to know God's love with all the saints, to comprehend it with all the saints. This is why community group for us is so important. Community is so important to be in people's lives where you can say, life is hard. I've got grace. I've got community. But to sustain this is hard. I need some help. Help me see God's love. This is, this is, he says up here that I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love. He's talking about you have been given a community of love that God's given you. You're rooted in it. You're established in it. It's happened. It's, it's already taken place. But I want it to happen more because it's through community that you experience more of God's love, not just by yourself. That's why community group is so important. This is why even, look, I'm not just trying to get you to come to church on a Sunday. This is why God's people for thousands of years have gathered together because we need together to comprehend with all the saints. But I can listen to it online, or but I read the Bible by myself, or I listen to a book, or I listen to the app, or blah, blah, blah. Do that. But he says you need to be together with all the saints. And only in community are you able to more richly experience God's love. I would ask you this week, maybe you're the exception. I would ask you to tell somebody in your community, say, hey, I need to get stronger. Can you pray for me like Paul prayed? Because he seemed to think that that's what was needed. So I, I need to get stronger. Could you pray that I'd love God more? Could you pray that, that I would know God's love more? Could you pray that I would know God's love more because I need that? I, I want you to share that with somebody this week because that's what we need to grow stronger. You will be stuck. I, I think some people right now, you don't even care what I'm saying. And I'm, I'm not trying to, I, I just, I feel like there's some people right now that have walls up to them. You will be stuck. God wants more for you. And it starts with saying, help me together. I want to know how much God loves me. I don't know where you need strength, but I know we all need it. Marriage, work, to change, in church, just the life of the church maybe. What if we knew God's love? Last thing, what would happen? What happens if, I know some of you are like, this is going a long time. Yeah, I preach a long time. Sorry, Adam doesn't. Um, what happens? What happens if we sustain in the, life, in the life that God has for us? What Paul says is that we experience fullness. He says, we already, kind of, we already read this part, but he says, all of this so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So that you'd be filled with all the fullness of God. See, that's what God wants for you. He doesn't want a little bit. He wants you to be filled with all the fullness. He doesn't want you to be stuck. He wants every part of his presence, every part of his character, every part of who he is to fill you. See, when you come to him and say, I need to get stronger, so I need to know your love, what happens is you experience the fullness of who he is. What happens, and this isn't just written to individuals, is that we as a community, we are filled with the fullness that people come in here and go, whoa, God's here. 
the fullness of God is here. That's what he says happens. Maybe you say that sounds like too much or maybe too spiritual, too esoteric, too kind of lofty. I would know God's love and it would change me. Maybe you feel like that. Maybe you feel like this is nice to say on a Sunday and it's nice for a preacher to say. And we go, that just sounds like really, I don't know. I haven't experienced that. It sounds like beyond what is normal. Maybe for super Christians or something, but I, I just, you know what Paul says next? He says, our expectations are too human. Because you're right. It is something too high. It is something too lofty. It is something beyond us, which is why Paul closes with this. To him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now maybe you've heard this verse that God can do more than we ask or imagine used to apply to basically getting whatever you want in life. Like, oh, I want this job. God can do more than you ask or imagine. You'll get that job and you'll be the boss of the company. <laughs> and it's like, that's not at all what Paul's talking about. Paul's talking about this experience of God's love. God is, he's talking about saying, look, God wants to strengthen you in your inner being and for his love to be so powerfully real that everything in life that he invites you to, that he calls you to, you're actually able to sustain. And when we go, wow, that seems like too much. That seems beyond me. He says, yeah, but God can do more than you think. Anything that I've said so far, and you've thought maybe it's possible, anything I've said so far, and maybe you, maybe in the secret part of your heart, you go, God, I, would, I want you to do that. He says, he can do more than what you ask. He can do more than what you think. He can do more than whatever you thought that I said, whatever my stupid little sermon that you go, that'd be nice. He can do more than that. He can do more because it's God. He says, according to his power, we're weak. I can't do it. I can't muster it up. I'm, I'm trying to preach to you. I'm trying to show you, but I can't do it. But God can. God can do something beyond what we ask, beyond what we think. I know that life is hard. I know it's hard to sustain in everything. Through suffering, through work, through marriage, through parenting, through church, through faith. I know it's hard. He says, God's able. God's able forever and ever. All generations, which includes us. God is able in Denver in 2019 in Valdez Elementary to the people of the first and second and third and fourth and all the way to the back by the curtain row. He's able to do this. So what do we need to sustain in life? What do we need to, to build and make progress? That's, that's what we want. What do we need? We need strength. That strength comes from knowing his love. By comprehending and praying and asking people to pray for us and in community. And God can do that in you. God can do that in me. God can do that in our church beyond what we ask, beyond what we think. And when we come and take communion, 
Nick, would you come up here? And the band, you guys can come up here. When we take communion, this is such a beautiful thing because you think about how much God, like all this love that it's talking about. Talking about all this love. Speaking about all this love and how high it is and how deep it is and how wide it is and how long it is. And then we come to communion and here's what we know. Jesus had God's love perfectly. No one has ever been more loved by God than Jesus was. No one ever experienced how deep and how long and how wide and how high God's love is more than Jesus did. We said God's love is unknowable. It keeps going. Only Jesus actually said, I know every inch of it. And what did Jesus do? He gave that up for us. He was willing to actually, in a moment, be forsaken by God to experience the most. Maybe you've had love before. You've had love and it was awesome and you lost it. Maybe from a parent or maybe from a spouse or maybe from a friend. I don't know. Maybe you've had love and you lost it and you knew it hurt. Jesus had all the fullness of God's perfect love. And he said, I'll give up that experience so you can have it. I'll give up that so that your sins can be forgiven. My blood will be shed. My body will be broken so that you can have all God's love. That's what we remember. And if, if you're a Christian, when you come and take communion, I want you to remember that and see how much his love is here for you now and whatever you're going through. And if you're not a Christian, that's what it means to be a Christian. It's to know God's love for you, to receive that, to say, I want that. And so we're going to pray. And, and, and while I pray, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't want you to like repeat after me kind of thing, but I'm going to say some things and, and ask you to, I don't want anything artificial, but I, wa I want you to, to pray this if, if this is what you want and just kind of help give you words. So pray with me. God, I thank you for your deep love for us. We don't even know. We, we, we can't know, God. I mean, we know an inch of an infinite amount of your love, and yet I pray increase. I pray for more. Even now, God, in this room, I pray awaken our hearts and our eyes to know your love more. Oh, God, what kind of, what kind of place, what kind of church, what kind of people would we be if we knew that? God, you've given us grace. If we're Christians, you've given us grace. You've given us community. And yet, we want to be stronger, God. We want in our inner being to know your love. So maybe even right now, would you just tell God? Tell God what's hard for you right now. Tell God where it's hard to sustain for you right now. Just tell him. I mean, you can just do it quietly in your heart. You can mouth it. Whisper it. Just tell God what's hard for you right now. I know that a lot of you in here, it's, it's hard. Life is difficult. And God knows that. And just tell him what's hard for you.
then knowing that God hears you, ask him, say, God, I want, God, my inner being is open to you. You don't have to do this, but maybe you can even just open your hands as a sign of that. Paul says that he gets down on his knees and prays. Physical expressions are healthy ways to show what we're asking God to do. And you can just say, God, I want my inner being to be open to you. You can say, God, I, I, you, you dwell in my heart, but I want that more. I want to experience that more. I don't want this to be all there is. You should just tell God that. Tell God you don't want this to be all there is. You can tell God that you want him to do more in your inner being. You can even just say the words to God, God, I'm weak. And I want your strength. And then, and then just ask God to help you to know his love to help you to comprehend his love more. Just ask him. Tell him you want to know his love for you more. God wants you to know his love for you more. Listen, that's so beautiful because it's not even just that God wants you to love him more. He wants you to know his love for you more. And then lastly, maybe you can just say to God, God, I know I need help in this. I know I can't do this by myself. And you can tell God, just make a commitment to God that you're going to share, that you're going to ask for someone in community to help you know God's love. God, would you do this in our church? Would you strengthen us in our inner being? I pray like Paul did for the church in Ephesus that you would strengthen us in our inner being, that we would know the height, the depth, the width, the length of your love, that we would be able to comprehend together what is the unknowable love of yourself, Jesus. And we know that you are able to do this. We are not, but you are able to do beyond what we ask, beyond what we just asked in prayer. You can do more than that. Glory to you, God.